baseball titans, Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds. I don't know if I ever heard a program where they compared directly those two guys to say who was the greater player. We're going to do that today. Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark, and this is Gordon, and we love talking about baseball. I want to go through the tale of the tape between Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds. We're sizing up our prize fighters here. We got we got the Sultan of SWAT in one corner and the Sultan of steroids Ooh. in another now, now why would you go and say that about barry bonds because i'm Especially still hoping i'm the one defending well him. and i want barry bonds to come on the podcast which is never going to happen no <laughs> and, I, and also bonds I, the steroid things with bonds is not going to factor into this discussion i think it's important to bring it up at the start because we're not going to really go into that here because it's just it, whether or not you feel that way about bonds, we're just going to be looking at the numbers between these two guys, because there's a whole lot of other things you can point out about Ruth and when he was playing that we don't like to talk about. So, you know, let's not get caught up in the, he did this, they did that kind of thing here. So, so they're both outfielders. Correct. Okay. We know that. Uh, although Babe Ruth started as a pitcher famously, and that's something Barry Bonds will never be able to claim that he or had did. the lowest, what, what Babe Ruth, the lowest ERA of any pitcher in American League history who had pitched a certain amount of innings still has that yes. in, in, the, in the World Series. A very noble, you know, notable record of sorts. So uh, Babe Ruth was a little taller than Barry Bonds at 6'2". Um, we know that when some of the photos we see, he was a little more rotund than, uh, than, than uh, Barry we'll Bonds. Was he a Donald Trump 215? No, no. <laughs> no, no, I don't, I don't think so. And, and the Barry Bonds that we saw when he came up in 1986 and then the one that was performing in that crazy 2004 year, they didn't look the same either. No, those looked like different people. <laughs> so uh, I think that's a fair thing to say. So World Series-wise, I thought this was interesting. Um, Babe Ruth played in seven World Series, uh, and I think they won all but one of those. Bonds played in one and lost it. Didn't play in any. No, he did. He lost to the Angels in 2002. Wins. I meant wins. Right, right, right. Right. And he, he, but he did. He played in one and lost it. Um, World Series, yeah, right? Uh, Babe Ruth had ten appearances. He won seven World Series. That was my mistake. Ah. And Bonds had the one in two thousand two, two years. Postseason appearances. Bonds did make the postseason seven times, but it was a lot easier to make the postseason when you didn't have to own, win your league or go home. True. So Ruth did that, of course, ten times because he played ten World Series. Those would always be the same. Uh, Twenty-two years for both. Nineteen fourteen to nineteen thirty-five for Babe Ruth. Uh, nineteen eighty-six to two thousand and seven for Barry Bonds. Um, and the thing with Bonds is, I remember he. Could probably could have kept playing it wasn't like he had dropped off towards That's the a, end. A, excellent point right so you look at the season he had in i think 2005 was his last year it's like a really it's good a nice season. season he didn't play though you know all the games or anything like that and then you can't say okay well somebody's going to pick this guy up but the steroid accusations were really flying around and no one would touch that guy with a 10-foot ball no one wanted to deal with it you know and and babe ruth had Never that, right? Because he Never. was a larger than life, even if he was, you know, a guy who... He was a mythological feature, like, you know... Took advantage of his celebrity. In, in <laughs> mythological figure in his own time. When people were alive, they regarded him as this, like, otherworldly sort of talent. Right, right. And and so, and then you look at um, retired numbers. Babe Ruth, obviously, number three was retired. We know how he got the number three, because he batted number three in the lineup. Uh, Barry Bonds' number is not retired. It's not even retired in San Francisco, which I don't understand. Number 25, by the way, is what he played for 25. the Giants. We, th- we were thinking it was a different number. Right, we, I thought, we thought it was either 24 or 28. So number 20, Willie Mays is number 24, Correct. so it was going to be that. Um, MVPs. Uh, Babe Ruth won an MVP before the official MVP award became about 1930. 
1931. He won in 1923. That's the first year at Yankee Stadium. Um, and Barry Bonds won seven MVPs. And the thing with Bonds is he won three he, of them. Four, oh no, four of them before 2000. Right, and he won three of them in a row, and probably should have run four of them in a row. And had he won one more in the 2000s, when he probably should have won one, he would have won five in a row. So he would have had nine MVPs. And and to boot, you know, there were more players playing when Barry Bonds is playing in the major leagues then because there's more teams so there's more major leaguers you know at this point um i don't know if the all-star games or all-star games important because they didn't really start the all-star game to 1933 babe ruth was like you know 36 years right, 34 right, right. years old i can't really hold it against babe ruth that he didn't make an all-star game when they didn't have one but bonds did play on 14 all-star teams pretty good that's i i know that's that's a big number i think aaron and ruth have more because remember they played the two the aaron and mays have more because they played the two games right. in those years from 59 to 62 uh gold gloves uh babe ruth doesn't have any gold gloves, but that's because they didn't introduce the award until after not he was he dead. Was, not that he was going to be winning any. <laughs> no, I, I think I think though you're a little harsh in his feeling. His he he was not a bad outfielder. No. And obviously the guy could throw. <laughs> so, you know, from from right field. Um Barry Bonds won eight gold gloves. That's right. That, that that's a difference though. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um league batting champion. This was surprising to me. Um because Ruth's average career is uh, 342, his career Which average. Is way higher than you would think this it was. Ridiculous average. He had a 373 year as well. And Bonds hit 298 for his career. However, the, the batting champion winning the average title, Bonds won two and Ruth won one. That shows you how high averages were when Ruth was playing. Right. That averages were wacky high when Ruth was playing. That a guy could be a career 342 hitter and only win one batting title. <laughs> that's, that's, just, that's insane. And Bonds, you know, I think Bonds is just surprising that it's not above 300. You would have thought it was above 300 with how good a hitter he was. Well, as he became the more feared home run hitter later in his career, his selection got better and he knew just not what to swing at. I mean, that's what, what his, you know, that 609 on base year, you know, in. I, I 2004 mean, career walks i think bonds is about like 2500 career walks to ruth's 2000 right right and 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 bonds only has about 2000 more plate appearances than bonds so it's wild that he walked 500 more times at him and that's not because just because of the intentional walk right right which we we believe bonds saw more of those than ruth did but not enough to make it statistically that significant right not 500 of them um babe ruth won 12 home run titles bonds won two well, <laughs> Babe Ruth, like he's he's so insanely you know better than everybody else at the time that he averaged uh, when he hit sixty home runs in nineteen twenty seven, the league averaged fifty eight home runs per team. Right. So yeah, he was out <laughs> home running the league average for, for team for the whole team. So I mean, so the, like. I always use Gretzky like he was so much better than everybody else at the time that he played that it would be hard for Bonds to be that much better than everybody else when he played. Right, exactly. Like, like it's it's difficult to quantify just how much better Babe Ruth was than everybody else. And the only guys that were really close to him batted behind him. Right, <laughs> right. And and so if you're Babe Ruth, you're batting three, and number four, Lou Gehrig is protecting you in the lineup, chances are they're going to go, well, I don't really want to prefer to pitch to Lou Gehrig necessarily. Lou on base. <laughs> so, you know, I, and then Barry Bonds had Rich Aurelia. Jeff Kent. Well, Richard really had that crazy season One, in front of Bonds, right. but you know, probably yeah, why? Yeah, it just you know. So you know, we know the home run totals. Obviously, seven sixty two for Bonds, uh, seven fourteen for Babe Ruth, uh, and and 
the home run was a much bigger part of the game, obviously, by the time Barry Bonds came into that because everybody was hitting home runs, right, home not runs just were, one guy. Right. You didn't have one guy out home running entire teams in the course of a season. Neither of those guys have 3,000 hits, and I find that probably not important, I guess, but interesting because of guys way back when having 3,000 hits. Right. Bonds not having 3,000 hits just feels weird because you kind of expected him to He's be He's only there. fell 65 short. Right. He's really close, and he just fell short, and that feels as much like – Wow, teams kind of froze him out for that by not letting him play like one more season. If he had gotten that one more season, he would have gotten 3,000 hits and he might have even finished with a career 300 average. And remember that Bonds had the 2,000 or so more plate appearances than Ruth, so that he, and that's how Ruth hits 342 because he only had 50 hits more than Barry Bonds. Um, the run score I thought was interesting because Bonds also only outpaced him. Well, that's by 50 there yeah. uh, as well. The same thing. So he, he had a lot more. So Ruth obviously was a guy who did what you want you scored a lot of runs now, I think for was, a lot of good teams I think by the, the way interesting thing is that ruth has a better career on base than bonds despite bonds walking 500 more times in his career right i, I that impressed me too 474 career on 474 career on base right okay and that's that is second all time to ted williams ted williams he's like yeah, four boy eight no 481 or something yeah, like on wow. base yeah yeah um and so high bonds was like in the top 10 or so of, of all bonds time. was seven seven in, in career in career on base average. which is still unbelievable but it's just interesting that that despite walking so much more than ruth he couldn't catch him in on base so here's here's some of my favorites so the um slugging percentage babe ruth slugging for his career 690 pretty good so barry bonds was 607 for his career which in today's game would be ridiculous right like having a 600 slugging for a season is an unbelievable season doing that for your career is bonkers so you know ops plus which basically measures a player against everybody else in the league 100 being the average Mm -hmm. okay barry bonds had a 182 ops plus so 82 percent better than the average player and babe ruth was 206 106 percent better than everybody else i I think it's interesting because this is where you can kind of get into the eras that they've played in because what would you think is harder being 82 percent better than the guys in bonds era or being 106 percent better than the guys in ruth's era so now we're going to go down this path right because you're right to, to bring that up so who did babe ruth play against well he played against a bunch of white ball players right so barry bonds had Everybody that was allowed in at that by that point. So so the competition more fierce, even if you have more teams and more players, like you know, some folks say, Well, you know, when Ruth played, there were only sixteen teams. He only had four or five hundred. Yeah, and they major- still had guys that sucked on those teams. <laughs> and 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 you're you're drawing from all over the world now, not just, you know, the African American, you know, ball player that came came to first pass in nineteen forty seven with Jackie Robinson. And so you know, Bonds has also the rest of the world now, because we're at 7 billion population. When Ruth is playing, there's, you know, 2 billion or 3 right. billion. So there's a lot of people out there. And, you know. and I also think that just the refinement around the training and development of talent in Bonds era is so much greater than what Ruth had available to them. They didn't have weight training. They didn't have personal trainers and dietitians feeding them meal plans and guys reviewing video to give them analytic-based notes on what to do next. No, and, and they didn't have the uh, – 
the the ability to look at you know Ruth didn't look at video or anything like that. He just went up there and took his hacks, yeah. and they were big hacks with a big bat. And so here, here's another thing, right? We know that Ruth, you know, had a very heavy bat. Everybody talks about Reportedly that. Reportedly, a forty-one. Uh, at one bat. point, they somebody found a forty-one ounce bat that he could play. I mean, I don't know if I could lift that thing, right. by the way. Um, but you know, you know that if you're trying to face like Barry Bonds came up at the same time that Rob Dibble did. So I was thinking about that the other day, going, I don't think Babe Ruth saw some relief pitcher like Rob Dibble, who threw 9,900 miles, 100 miles an hour mm-hmm. and all the time. Like, if you couldn't swing a 41-ounce bat at a 100-mile-an-hour fast, but you'd never touch I, it. I, I, I'm like, I'm, there were great pitchers. Walter Johnson was a big, tall guy that threw sidearm. But, like, imagine if you put, like, Randy Johnson up on the mound against Babe Ruth, and he just throws that slider the first time. Babe Ruth has probably never seen a pitch that does something like that. So the first thing that Ruth would do in that situation, he'd put down the 41-ounce bat. He'd go get a 31-ounce bat okay. and go, okay, I just got to be. And, and so that, but that is the adjustment that a great player would make. Right. He, would, he wouldn't he, do it what he the way he did. Right. It. He would exactly. change. He would instantly recognize. Okay, wait a second. This guy's got different level stuff. I need to. I need to be able to catch. I can see it within there. Tony Umpire going. I didn't even see that thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How am I supposed to hit it? But you can't criticize Ruth because Ruth only. It was not Ruth's fault that he could only play against the guys that were available for him to play. It was not as if he set up segregation and he was not the one bringing in guys from overseas. But you just have to acknowledge that he did play in that era. Right, right. And and so, you know, what they did and what Ruth did, as we keep saying, against his peers, I just want to read um, a little bit of Ruth's home run totals for, for from years. So starting with when he led the league, which I think he had more home runs than everybody in uh, 1919 when he had 20 – was it 1919? I'm sure I get this right. Um yeah, 29 home runs, okay? So mm-hmm. that's great. But then he goes and hits 54 in 1920. Okay, so that's the dead ball's over. Live ball. Right, live ball era and all that. Um, he hits 59 in 1921. In the polo grounds, which I think was really interesting because he's a Yankee now, he he doesn't play a full schedule in the next year. He's only only hits 35. Then he goes 41. Only hits 35. 41, 46. Another year where he played 98 games, he hit 25. And then he hits 47, 60, 54, 46, 49, 46, 41. Now, he's he's already 37 years old now. And, he, and now he's, <laughs> he's still hitting 40 he's homers. Consistently for that much power. And the RBI total. So I, I think that some of the credit has to be given to the fact that Ruth played for great Yankee teams a lot of his career. Right. So Bonds didn't have... Bonds never had a lineup anywhere close to, you know, the lineups Ruth had, let alone the 1927 lineup that Ruth had. But when you talk about RBIs, and, and, and we you've mentioned a number of times on this podcast that RBIs are a derivative stat that are dependent on the other guys on the team. Um, but Ruth, Ruth compared to Bonds in terms of the number. Now, the, the career is not that different because you know, uh, Ruth had some really small years when he was a pitcher right. the first five years of his career, and, and he didn't really hit. He didn't play that. He didn't much. play so 113, 135, 168, 96, 130, 124, 153, 165, 146. These are RBIs in a season. Right. He's driving in guys like 154, crazy. 153, 162. Yeah, <laughs> That's crazy. Now, he's playing on a team with a lineup that was far better than just about every other lineup in baseball at the time. Right. There was no Barry Bonds lineup uh, for Pittsburgh or San Francisco where they called him Murderer's Row. Bobby right. Bonilla was not part of Murderer's right. Row. So, <laughs> you you know, Ruth definitely had guys around him to not only be able to have them in place to drive them in, but he had guys to back them up to protect him so they actually had to pitch to him. And I, I don't know what pitching around the guys looked like back then, but if Macho Baseball was alive and well, <laughs> would have really allowed those pitchers to not challenge Babe Ruth and just 
pitch around him. Well, and that's an interesting point you make because Barry Bonds didn't have to face the spitball or the shine right. ball or whatever they were trying to do. They outlawed the spitball in 1920. Um, and, and, None and, of the stuff guys were throwing. <laughs> exact guys were grandfathered in like Burley Grimes and all that stuff. And I don't know how good they were at checking what the guys were doing. And the balls were dirtier and, and, and more. So that there was certain aspects and the light was bad. Remember, they didn't really have night games and stuff like that. So you, know, you played all day games. and Maybe that's an advantage to Ruth that he played all day games in his career you have no idea how a guy would Mostly, respond yeah. to that you know you know it wasn't probably until the end of his career where they played some night games i'm guessing so my contention is that babe ruth is the greatest home run hitter of all time even if barry bonds has more home runs right. and, and i think i think that's actually a point you can pretty argue pretty well because ruth was so much better relative to his peers at hitting home runs but i think i would make the argue that bonds was a more complete player overall than ruth you know if you add in the ability to obviously steal bases, uh, and Bonds did one thing, uh, didn't do one thing that Ruth did, which is get out, thrown out, stealing second base to end the World Series. That is true. <laughs> um, but but the the stealing of bases and the fielding, obviously the eight gold gloves. So at, at Ruth's best, I guess he was a neutral fielder out there. If right. you want to, you know, be be charitable. But Bonds never pitched and didn't have. The, and, and, and it wasn't it, that Babe Ruth was just a pitcher. He was right, a very right. good think, pitcher. And I think that's something that does, gets left off in the discussion of Ruth a lot of the time is they were like, oh, he was a pitcher and then he was a hitter, but they kind of just gloss over the pitching part of his career as if it wasn't that remarkable. And he was a very good pitcher. And it's getting worse, in my opinion, because of Shohei. Right. Shohei's what? Because Shohei is doing it at the same time. Well, Babe Ruth didn't do it at the same time. And Shohei is pitching at a Cy Young level, which uh, Ruth was good, but I don't know if he was Cy Young good. Uh, he was close to it. I just don't think he pitched enough. Enough, right? He wasn't pitching enough. Well, now neither is Shohei Otani. But well, that's that's a whole different so story. You, I mean, now I just want to ask: Do you think there's ever a year where Shohei could win both the MVP and the Cy Young in the same year? Um, I think his window is really small now because he's, he's going like to be an older player. Right. He's going to miss a year of pitching next year. He's probably got two years left where he might be able to put up a year where he can do that. And that's assuming he comes back from yeah. the surgery and is immediately himself. So I, I think that, you know, uh, Ruth, you know, Ruth would be different today in that he probably wouldn't have tried to, they wouldn't have had him pitch at all. Right, right. At, at that point, and and I, there's an argument on Shohei's part, by the way, that maybe he should just do one thing and not try to do two things. Of course, that's what makes him Shohei. Yeah, and the thing is, is that it doesn't like he's not as valuable if he's just a pitcher or a hitter. You want him to do both because he's so good at both. Yeah. And, and it's just like, it feels weird to me because it's like, well, hitting shouldn't take him that much. So to me, the, the question is, is will you let him pitch? Because I don't see a world in which you allow him to be a pitcher, but you don't allow him to hit. What if you made him a closer? Would he be okay with that? Because that takes a little stress. Although now you're in the game every other day as a pitcher, so you don't get the rest. I, I don't know if that works actually now that I right, really think yeah. about it. It would be an interesting an interesting compromise in a sense. Because but. he certainly can throw hard enough to be a closer. So um, I, would D Babe Ruth have been a closer? Not no. No, no. They no. didn't have him back then. That, that, like, like Stan Musial is someone, I mean, well, Stan Musial was a pitcher at one point, you know, in, in his career. We're talking about, you know, Babe Ruth uh, being a pitcher as well. And apparently he ran into the fence and injured his shoulder on in, in the field, and then he got up and hit a 500-foot home run or something. Like, mythical like that this, this that man's not a pitcher he's a hitter yeah he was a hitter and ruth was a hitter just like just like babe ruth was a hitter and and carrying the team you know on his back for weeks at a time um you know for some very good yankee teams in a way that you know barry bonds 
I don't know if he ever really, you know, did that other than the 2002 season for the Giants where he got them to the World Series. Um, he, he wasn't able to because he didn't have the supporting cast. Right. The problem was is that you could kind of just neutralize Bonds by not pitching to him. And the guys around him were never quite good enough to take advantage of the fact that he basically was an auto guy on base in tight situations. And and I would venture a guess that Babe Ruth, given the way baseball was played at the time, was never walked with the with the bases loaded. Mm-hmm. Wasn't Barry Bonds walk with the bases loaded? Like, 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 you know, so that's that's crazy when you think about it. It was, it was like a you know, they had like a three run lead or something like and that. Like it's just a better idea to walk him than pitch to him here because he's probably gonna get a run anyway. At least this way we limit him to one. So in terms of a, a feared hitter, I don't know who would have been more feared because you'd have to really talk to the players and I don't know if you can even compare something like that right because it both because the problem is is that nobody played against both pitched against both of them so of course to pitchers and players from ruth's era he was more feared and of course to players and you know pitchers of bonds era bonds was more feared because that was our contemporary but just if i if i had to pick one player era wise in his era and who would i rather have um you know i i think ruth's yeah, his, dominance his, was his performance re- relative to right, the rest right. of the field I it mean, would be babe ruth for it's me tough to, it's tough to do that but I and think, i love barry bonds as a player i think he's right, an amazing I think ball if I'm player picking a player to build around i'd pick bonds first because he gives you everything i agree i agree so um should we do another comparison? Maybe let yeah, our, yeah, our let listeners, know you know, we, we've done Henderson versus, you know, uh, cool Papa bell in the past. The, these compare, we've compared the four catchers with, uh, Johnny bench, Yogi Berra, uh, Yadier, Yadier and Buster, and, uh, not Buster Posey, Rodriguez. Say, Rodriguez. Right. And so, yeah, if you have any ideas, we love hearing from people, please, you know, reach out to us, send us any questions, episode ideas, or just comments that you have. Uh, thank you so much for subscribing, and uh, we really enjoy hearing from everybody. Yeah, and we're, we're involved in, in, in some uh, awards, so if you get a chance, vote for our podcast and for the podcast awards. Uh, give us uh, five stars if you like what we're doing, and, and tell your friends. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Follow us on Twitter, Almost Cooper.